<laughs> Great job, man. Woo! Come on, how good are they? Wow! Hey, I can just tell you, um, I don't know if you can tell a difference, but I've been coaching up Aaron, doing some vocal coaching with Aaron. He's, he's really getting kind of some of my tips. Pretty good, isn't he? Huh? What about Aaron Jones, huh? Wow. Amazing. Ridiculous. Well, listen, welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. Um, if you're expecting church today, you're going to get it, but you're going to get a lot of the craziness uh, to go with it. We're super glad you're here. I want you to know that um, I'm, I love football. I'm also completely neutral about this game today. And, uh, but I, I do love the adventure of it. I love the idea of team, and we're going to talk about team today. I also love competition. Uh, Chris Sarbuck couldn't be here today because uh, once there's more than an inch of snow on the ground, he has to stay home. Uh, actually, he's speaking to about 800 high school kids up at Spring Hill Camps, so pray for him right now. He's probably speaking right now to a bunch of kids, so pretty cool. I want to also say what a thrill to be here. I hadn't been here in about a year. I've uh, been busy kind of doing a bunch of stuff for Kensington, but uh, you're going to see me more this year as we move into this building, and God's really blessed us, hadn't he? been pretty exciting. So awesome. So we wanted to start today with a little fun competition. We got three volunteers. I don't know who they are. Tracy, who are they? You're my... Son, you got them. Bring them on up. Come on. Let's have some hustle. Let's go. Who are my volunteers? This hey, way. Give us... This way. All right. Give them up. Come on. Welcome them up. Actually, come on up in front here. Let me have you stand up here. Come in front of the table. Great, man. Good to see you. What's your name? Eddie, what's your name? Sammy. Sammy, what's your name? John. That's a serious voice, Tammy. Sorry. Okay, take your cups here. Just a simple competition. Uh, have you guys been training? Like you feel like you're ready? Who, who thinks they're going to win this battle? Okay, take your cups. It's simply this. You got to hold these cups in your hand. The first person to take the red cup to get the red cup to the top. You got to move each cup and then back to the bottom again. Okay. So you guys can. Cheer for your, this is your guy. This is your gal right here. Come on. Are you ready to and John, you guys, arms? come on, let's Are hear for John. All right, here we go. Can we have a whistle, ref? Yep. Right, ref Hinkle. Ready? Oh, oh, oh that's a play. fumble. That's pick a penalty. You got to pick it back up. Oh, that's my gosh. <laughs> All right, come on, baby. Oh, that was two. That's a double penalty. That's a five-second oh, oh. penalty. <laughs> okay, we're going to change it. The first person to get to the top is the winner. Come on, let's hear it for him. Take it up. Oh, there we go. Good. Woo! <laughs> By the way, we have an incredible prize for the winner. All right. You're almost there. Focus. Come on, baby. Focus. Oh. Champion. Oh, so close. Two left. John. John. John, I want to say something, first of all. Great effort. Great effort for John. All right. You're going far, buddy. Love the passion. And uh, you're not going to believe this, Mr. Mad Viking. By the way, I'm waiting for your beard. Think it as good as your dad's. Okay, um, 
we've gone to great lengths to bring you, come on man, bring it up, some of the best sausages from back in the green room. They're a little overcooked. Give it up for Eddie. Foul play, foul. <laughs> here. Go this way, guys. All right, buddy. All right, so here, take that with you, seriously. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so today is not only Super Bowl Sunday, but it's also volunteer recruitment. And we're doing this at all eight of our Kensington campuses, but here's the, here's the thing that's important here. We are at a crossroads moment in Clinton Township where we're getting ready to move into this building. So at the end of this message, it's going to be in four quarters. It's going to be crazy. We're doing all kinds of nutty stuff. But the point is, I'm going to challenge you to step up. And the truth of it, every one of you here is a high potential volunteer person. Because if you weren't, you'd have just stayed home and you wouldn't have done the drive today. You'd have, found, you'd have made the excuse to not be here. But you're here, and, and uh, I'm going to really challenge you at the end to make this happen. And I want you to know something, that being a volunteer at Kensington is strenuous. We put them, uh, if you sign up, you, we'll, we'll actually probably put you, something, put you through something like this. Take a look. Welcome, everybody, to the very first Volunteer Combine. With the Volunteer Draft just a few weeks away, this is a big day for our hopefuls. Yeah, that's right, Todd. Especially with those that are on the fringe. Yep. They need to have a good showing today if they're going to have any chance of being drafted. What exactly are the, uh, the scouts looking for? Well, what they're looking for is they want quickness, good decision, strength, and heart. Exactly. It's in here, folks. It's in here. All right. Well, in your chest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like our first wave of candidates are ready. So uh, let's take a look at uh, the usher prospects. Oh man, they are. They're they're getting in there. They are. Our very oh first usher is Brian. Let's see wow. how Brian handles the pouch shuttle. The pouch shuttle run. The pouch yeah. shuttle run. Got Check his game it. face on. Oh man, knuckles to the floor. Look at him go. It's all about speed, in and out of the corners, bringing it around. He's like a spider monkey. That's right, yeah. Wow. <laughs> 7.552. Wow. That was a solid run. What a great run. time. Very solid it's run. A great you know, anything time. under 13 seconds. Yes. That, that's what they're counting on. <laughs> all right, well, we're on to Barbara. Barbara. Let's see how she does today. Up, oh, she's oh man, speed stance. I think this might be a run pass option. I don't know. Oh, RPO. Man. Look, look at that. Look at that. No. Woo! That was incredible. You know that all guarantees Barb uh, first chance at this. But uh, I'll tell you, you know it was amazing. But not only how she handled the pouch, she had two two hands on that. Look at that. Two hands on the pouch is important. We have a replay. Let's take a look. Yup. Look at the technique. Close to the chest. Hands up. Our last hopeful is Toby from the Clarkston campus. Won't hold it against him. No, no. no. I'm kind of hopeful for him. Yeah. Just yeah. hopeful. Just a little bit. All right. Oh, little unsure. Shaky, shaky wolf. Oh, come on. Oh, man. That's, that, that's just oh. devastating. You know, that's, that's the point I was making earlier. you got to have two hands on the pouch. 
two hands on the pouch. You know, that, that jeopardizes his chances like even getting anywhere with it. You're right, buddy. We have to secure it. Well, I really feel for him, but oh well. <laughs> Lonely trip down 59. Anyways, uh, oh well. Well, let's take a look at our nursery candidates next. Candidates ooh, for the ooh. nursery. This is one of the hardest but most True. critical drills. It's the dirty diaper drill. Yep. Each volunteer is going to be timed and changing that nasty thing. And let me get this straight. It's not just about speed, but it's got to be clean as well. Absolutely. The last thing a mother wants is a little duty on her baby's deep booty. Well said. Well said. Well, we have our first person. This is Rachel. Rachel. Getting loose. Got a little coach oh, in there in yep. the corner. There she goes. She is. Look at that. Not messing around. The stank will not repel her. No, no, no. All oh, right. Wait. Wait. Good wipe usage. What is that? All what right. is that? Yeah, not bad. 11, no, 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 no. 10.173, good not time. Not so fast, not so fast. We have it's a replay, time. a close-up. Oh, look at that. I don't think she was ready for that jelly. <laughs> no, that is gross. Look, cleanliness is next to godliness, and that just wasn't happening. Oh, oh look at this. Well, let's see if Michael does a little bit better with this. Let's see. Did oh. he just dab with the baby? I think he did. Yeah. All right, he's in it. Confident and swift. Wow. 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 And you're right. He is into it. Look at him back there. He's got some moves. As he should. Go yes. ahead, Michael. You go for that. Man. Well. Yeah. As much as we would love to stay here and watch Michael's great moves all day, we have one more event. One more event. Sure do, and it's my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. It is the post. Hey, these days, safety is on everyone's minds. Absolutely, but what this drill does is it challenges our security candidates to do whatever they can to mm -hmm. stay on track and yep. not get distracted. We have, let's see here, Blake... Who has a glorious beard, by yes. the way. Yes, good, good length. Yes. Nice and full. And we have Katrina. Wow. That's Holy just strength. Cow. Do not try to get past no, her. No, no, no. All right. I like, hey, wait. you know, I'm wondering. What's that? Is looking good in yellow a prerequisite, huh? Well, huh? not necessarily, but it is oh. definitely a plus. Here it comes. Oh. Oh. Oh, standing strong. Oh. oh, oh, that's so disappointing. Very can't be fickle when you feel the tickle, you know what I'm saying? Especially when everybody's safety's at stake. I mean, right. you just can't. I well, can't even. I believe the scouts have a much closer picture of who they're going to take this year for the upcoming draft. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. An overall good day. It's a good day at the yeah, Volunteer Combine. Great, great. I thought it was fantastic. Back to you, Steve. I, was that who put a question mark on his thing? There. You know he reads everything that's yeah. like on the paper. Hey, you guys read well. Give it up for these guys in the volunteer combine. So listen, we showed you that. We don't want you to be intimidated. We don't want you to be intimidated by the fact of volunteering. We're going to put you through, you know, the combine. We're going to test your scores, but we do want you on this team. We actually uh, have the ushers have volunteer sign-up cards. I'm going to ask them to be sign, handing them out right now. So uh, they'll be coming across uh, your aisles. And because at the end of the service, this is going to be your action point. Some of you will fill out a card. Others of you can go to the Kensington app, which is, uh, by the way, this is pretty cool. Since we kicked the app, app off last year, I think we've had 16 or 17,000 16 17, people already have downloaded the app and are using it 
regularly. So you can actually sign up online. I'll show you how to do that at the end of the service to do volunteering along the way. So the volunteer cards are going to be coming by. This is a big moment. I think uh, as we move into this building, we're knowing that we need all hands on deck, and it's going to be a great opportunity for you to be a part of something great. So if you've been kind of hanging on the fence, kind of been waiting, today's your day for us, at least, to step into it. Secondly, I got really cool news. For the first time in Kensington's history, our 18 to 29 age group, college and post-college, are going to start meeting weekly. We've never done that. The 27-year history of the church, they're going to be meeting Thursday nights at 7 o'clock at the Troy campus. Uh, By the way, just a neat piece of news. Last year, we had 118 29s involved in small groups. This winter already, it's 250. So we're seeing a neat growth, neat change of people. And, uh, and that also just encourages the rest of you to connect in a group as well. We have, um, for the month of January, we had about 14,000 people every weekend. We had about 3,000 more people watch the services on the stream. And out of that, we have, between adults and kids, we have over 7,000 people in small groups this winter. So obviously people are jumping in. People are making a huge difference. So thanks for being a part of that. And then finally, the most important thing that's going to happen today is announcing the pig out event next Saturday at Macomb Christian Church for our men's group. Uh, Macomb Christian's letting us use their building. Uh, it's all the pig you can eat. Should be a lot of fun and can be, be completely unhealthy. It'll probably take a year off your life, but they're going to have good fellowship and you meet some great people along the way. So take advantage of that. Okay. All right. So you ready? Here's what we're going to do. When I come back up, I'm going to be uh, giving the message for one of uh, the, the, the messages in four quarters today. We're going to have uh, commercial breaks. we got a phenomenal halftime show that's actually honestly better than some of the halftime shows that I've seen. You're going to love that. The team will be back out in a minute. But before we do that, stand up, say hi to some few people, crunch, make a little room on the ends, and we'll jump in. Hey, delay of game. (laughs) Men, did you hear that about the pig out? We want you to come to the pig out. All right. Yes, ma'am. Time starts now. All right, here we go. All right, today we're talking about there's no I in team. Who's heard that phrase before? You ever heard that phrase? Of course, everybody has. So today, as we take a look at teams, here's from the immortal Dave Wilson, the longest running chaplain in the NFL who's never won anything. He says, and I quote, today is all about great teams. Average good teams don't win Super Bowls. Individuals do not win Super Bowls. Great teams win Super Bowls. So today we're going to use that word team, the letters T-E-A-M, to create an acrostic that describes what great teams look like. The first one is trust. For a team or a company or a church to become great, for us to move into this building in a few months, And everybody in this region is going to know where Kensington is. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are going to know exactly where we are. And we are either going to be ready as a great team. We're going to be working in trust. Can you imagine, uh, some of you have done this before. Have you ever played football where you're lining up 
and the, and the guy next to you, you know, is not committed. He hasn't trained. He doesn't know his assignment. He doesn't know he's going to block. I've, I've been there. It's a terrible feeling. Trust is essential to great teams. Without confidence and trust, you're not going anywhere. How do you get to trust? Trust is built on a track record of honesty, integrity, and discipline. I'd also say it's also always connected to humble people. Because humility is a choice. It's not about the I. It's about the team. It's about the T-E-A-M. It's about trust. Maybe one of the strangest stories ever told in the New Testament with Jesus is the story in Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 32, where he, is, he knows that the end of his life is coming. He knows, if you're, not, if you're new to Jesus, Jesus came and knew that he was going to die on the cross for our sins. He was going to be rejected. He told his followers this was going to happen to him. And in the most vivid description of this, he says these words. You can read them. It says, at taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man, talking about himself, is going to be delivered over to the religious leaders, the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they'll mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. Wow, not very good, is it? He's going to go through this horrendous journey, and he says, and after three days, he will rise. So see, it's not only great American athletes that describe themselves in the third person. That's a joke. It's not funny at this moment. So he tells them what's going to happen, and here's the disciples. This is where it gets so weird. So he says, I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer, but I'm going to rise again. And so James and John, the son of Zebedee, two of his disciples, come up to him and say, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Can you imagine saying that? Like if I came to you and said, Hey, I've got cancer. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm going through divorce. And you go, Hey, can I ask a favor of you? Can I borrow your lawnmower? I mean, that's how weird the story is. So Jesus plays along. He says, what do you want me to do for you? They say, oh, not much. Just grant us to sit, one at your right hand, one at at your left, in your glory. I thought, this is so classic human. Isn't it? We don't necessarily want to do the work. I know I don't. I don't want to necessarily pay the price to win a championship. When you think about Tom Brady and what he's done for for the 40 years of his life, the price he's paid to continue to play... It's total commitment. It's total discipline. Total sacrifice. But we all want to hoist the trophy. But guess what? The only, point, only person who hoists the trophy is the person who pays the price. Who earns the trust. Who is selfless. Humble along the way. And by the way, as they ask this, the other ten disciples, listen to this, this is funny. It gets funnier, weirder. When the other ten heard it, They were indignant at James and John. Why were they indignant? They they were mad they hadn't thought of it first. This is not a very good team. Isn't it interesting that Jesus' team is a bunch of bumbleheads? You know what that always says to me? It gives me hope for us. We're going to be okay. If he can use those knuckleheads, he can use us. It's beautiful. So Jesus calls them all together. He says, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, the Gentiles were all the non-Jews. They lord it over them. In other words, the, the leader, he's, he's like, he's all over, all over the top of the other people. And their great ones exercise authority, but not, not so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. 
And whoever would be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I just want to tell you, trust is not natural. Sacrifice is not natural. Humility is not natural. It's supernatural. And great teams and players have coaches who put their own agenda aside. Listen to what Phil Jackson said. Won a ton of NBA championships as a player and as a coach. He said, good teams become great teams when the members trust each other enough to surrender the me for the we. You want a great family? You want a great marriage? You'll never have it as long as it's about me. If it's about we, it's about the other people, you'll have a great team. I actually read an article yesterday, incredible. Guy said he played for the Patriots for 10 days. He got a 10-day contract. He was in trying to make the team. He ended up cut and was never back. He said the first person that greeted him was Tom Brady. Sat down next to him, had a conversation with him. Wanted to know where he was from, who he was. Tom Brady knew he probably wasn't even going to be on the team. But he's like, on this team, there are no bench warmers. There are no second stringers. Everybody matters. And one last great story. This is really cool. Our, again, having a little fun at Dave Wilson's expense. We were playing um, the uh, Minnesota Vikings earlier this year. And uh, several hours before the field, there are guys that are not in uniform. They're just out in sweats, warming up, throwing and talking. Dave is standing next to this guy, and they're having a conversation and just talking about stuff. And this guy doesn't know who Dave Dave is because he's nobody in the sense of NFL. He's just a chaplain. And so the guy didn't know him. And uh, the other guy says, hey, you don't know who I am, do you? And uh, Dave says, well, no, I really don't. He goes, well, I'm Case Keenum. He's the backup quarterback that took over for the Vikings and led them to the NFC Championship game. Had a, was, was never supposed to play this year. And uh, Dave said he was the most humble, normal guy in the world, wanted to know, what Dave, wanted to know about Dave's ministry. This is before the game. Just a really, really neat guy. And, and after the game, by the way, he threw the most, probably the second most dramatic touchdown pass in NFL history. The, that got them to the NFC Championship game. After the game, Case Keenum was interviewed, said, so what did it feel like to throw the winning touchdown? He said, he said, well, this will probably go down as the third greatest moment of my life. The first was giving my life to Jesus Christ. The second was marrying my wife. And this is the third. You see, that's what a guy who builds trust does. So here's the question. Are you building trust in your family, in your workplace? You building trust here. Are you, are you living your full self in sacrifice and humility along the way? That's my question for you. Okay. Hey, two seconds, two seconds to spare. Oh, you quarter so ends. Pushy. Okay. Quarter ends. All right. We've They're got a commercial break for you. Off. We've got, uh, you know what? Give a woman a whistle and they rule the world. That's all I can say. So, you know, it's, it's, we're finally getting some work out of Tracy after all these years, too. She's amazing. She's awesome. So, um, we are doing a series on parenting, but it's going to really apply to relationships and, uh, and it's going to build your family. I think it's great on teamwork as well that really fits with today's message. Here's our uh, first commercial break, just letting you know. Uh, it's called It's Just a Face. Take a look. Yeah. On by midnight. Eleven.
That's the second time this week. What happened? <laughs> Let the quarter begin. Let it begin. That's, uh, this is a series you're definitely going to want to invite people to. So, team, T-E-A-M. T is what? Trust. Come on. T is what? Okay. E is for everyone. Great teams consider every person on that roster as extremely important. Every person knows their role, and that role plays a key to the victory. There are no bench warmers, no second stringers, no practice squad players. Everyone matters. Great companies value everyone is vital to, to their success, and it's no different in the church. And here's what's interesting. One of the first writings that we know of to acknowledge this idea that everybody matters is in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul is writing about the church. That's what we are today. Do you realize we're one of millions and millions of churches gathered around the world? And what you learn is there's a phrase that is used to describe the church in the Bible. And in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, Paul calls the church the body of Christ. Like when the body of Christ, when we are the church are working like we need to, when we're great, it's because we're working together. Look at what he says. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 15, it says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand... I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. By the way, that happens all the time in a family, doesn't it? Or in a church. Someone gets rebellious or somebody gets hurt. Somebody walks away. It's happened to all of us. Like, I'm not a part. And so we just separate and we break apart. Verse 16, it says, If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Do you ever wish you were a different part of the team? Like, I wish I had your hair. You know, it's not fair. You know, do you ever wish you could sing like somebody else or dance like somebody else or solve a problem or build a business like somebody else or be as funny as somebody else? Who's ever wanted to be somebody else? Okay, the rest of you are lying. It's a sin to lie in church. goes on to say in verse 18, in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, listen to this, Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Man, I love that. Do you realize that with all your foibles, all your strengths, all your weaknesses, all your disappointments, all your successes, you are the person in the body of Christ that God wants you to be. All the potential for you to be the part of this body is there. You see, at Kensington, the vision is when we're best, is there's a name There's a name on a spot somewhere for you. If you've trusted Christ, if you begin to let Jesus Christ, you want to be a part of his team, his body. So it goes on to say in verse 21, that I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And then he goes on and he finishes, says this, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Man, I, I've lived a long time. I've had an opportunity to see a lot, a, lot, a lot of great things in my life. One of the things, probably one of the most interesting things in my life, is when I was in 10th grade, I played on the JV basketball team for Memphis Central High School. People say, what was it like 
to be in an inner city high school in Memphis in uh, the late 60s and early 70s. You know what I'd say? I'd say, does anybody remember the, remember the Titans? Yeah, Central High School in Memphis was like, remember the Titans? Only we were bad. Yeah, we were the first heavily integrated high school in Tennessee, and everybody wanted to kill us, and, uh, and they did a lot, of, a lot of the time, I might add. But on this JV team, we started out the season zero victories and nine losses. And after our ninth loss, our leading scorer, he was score, averaging 22 points a game for us, got caught possessing marijuana in the locker room and was expelled from school and suspended from the team for the rest of the season. He was by far our best player. Do you know what happened to us? We won 23 straight games and won the JV Memphis City Championship. And Memphis is known for some of the best basketball in America. Always is. Great players coming out of Memphis. And we, again, it was JV team, no big deal, because it wasn't even varsity. But we won 22 or 23 straight games. Isn't that amazing? Because what did we lose? We lost the I. And we got to the E. We got to the everyone. Everyone involved. And so when you think about this, you realize that every weekend in Kensington, 14,000 people come to Kensington on average weekend. We've, we've, done, we've heard about surveys done in America. Kensington has more visitors than any other church that, that, that this group that had done thousands of churches that they had ever surveyed. We have more visitors. There are a lot of weekends. One out of every 10 people is a visitor or a person who's just beginning to check Kensington out. That's 1,400 people. 1,400 people are looking to say, to see if we're ready. If we're going to welcome them. We're going to love them. Uh, if, if we're going to be ready. You realize that Clinton, just to, to run a weekend with all the kids' programs, all the things we do, almost 400 volunteer positions just on the weekends, much less all the small groups, all the ministries, all the things that are happening. And every person that comes is priceless. So how priceless are they? This is how priceless. What's at stake when a person comes? What's at stake is that person has a chance to either know that God wants them, God loves them, God's inviting them into his life, or to, or to learn that God doesn't care. A couple of weeks ago, Patrick Holden up at Traverse City sent us this text on a Sunday afternoon. He said, I got a fun story up here from today. We had a guy who started coming a couple of months ago, 28 years old, battling alcoholism, really wrestling with his faith for months, stepped into a small group, served in the coffee team. Do you see what's happening here? You can even hear as the story's unfolding, people are playing their parts. People are stepping in. It's, nobody's too big for any role, right? Everybody's playing team ball. He says, we've been praying for him a while. People have been talking with him about his faith. I talked with him last week about what it meant to follow Jesus and, and, and to, to experience the salvation of Jesus Christ. Anyway, after the message today, during our last song, he leans over to one of our guys, really excited, right in the middle of the song. He turns to the guy next to him. It's a true story. It just happened a couple weeks ago. He goes, man, you are not going to believe this. I just gave all my effing S H to Jesus. <laughs> when was the last time you heard that in church? <laughs> that is incredible. 
when Mark and Dave and I used to, at the Pro Health and Fitness in Rochester Hills, 30 years ago, we started dreaming and starting this church. We thought, wouldn't it be cool for guys like that to come and find out Jesus Christ loves them? You can worry about the language later, or who cares about the language? Jesus Christ loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He wants to give you a victory to, and strength to begin fighting your battle of addiction and to live a life of purpose and meaning. We want people every weekend, the dream is they'd be out there going, I just gave all my stuff to Jesus. <laughs> Super cool. Oh. Hey, I wasn't done with that point. Halftime, Steve. Halftime? You are kidding me. Okay. All right, for the halftime show, here's what we're going to do. Uh, during the halftime show, I want you to stand, just stand up, stretch, say hi to some people, and then have some fun. If you want to clap or dance, this is going to be a great show. Give it up for the halftime show, everybody. Come on. Give it up.
What and man, come on, give it up for those guys. Oh man, that is so fun. That is, uh, I don't know what you expected today, but it probably wasn't that. <laughs> that is, uh, you know what I think about? It? I think of God bringing great people. We always wanted to do fun things, we wanted to laugh, we wanted to not take ourselves seriously. And yet, in all of that, God has just brought us so many talented, unbelievable people. 
And I love the joy. I love the opportunity to be silly. I hope we never lose that. I hope the church could regain some of that in the world. Just that joy of just like, be real. Just have fun. So, whew, all right. So let, let's do number three. Let's ready for the third quarter. Yeah. T is for trust. E is for everyone. Everyone's got to do it. Number three, a attitude. Attitude. Great teams have an all-in attitude. They will do whatever it takes to get the victory. They'll pay any price to get it done. The Apostle Paul, who I just read, who talked about the body of Christ, he also said this phrase, which is one of my life verses. He says this, Colossians 3.23. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Just work at it. Do whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. I remember... Uh, 47 years ago, learning this lesson in a pretty, pretty crazy way. It was Saturday morning. I had one job. I was cutting the grass for my neighbor. It was the only paying job. I think I made 10 bucks for cutting her yard. It took me about an hour. It was really good money. And um, I'm out there cutting, and my dad sticks his head out the back door. He says, son, hurry up. We're going to miss our tea time. Because we were playing golf that Saturday morning. Uh, it's Memphis, Tennessee. You wanted to get off early because it's really hot in the middle of the day in the summertime, and I'm like, okay, Dad, and uh, I was going, my two brothers were going, the four of us, we did everything together, really an unbelievable life, my two older brothers, and uh, so I'm, I'm cutting the grass, but I'm kind of passive-aggressive, so I'm kind of working my way along, and I actually had a rotary grass cutter, like, like kids are going, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I just went and cut grass, it was like, you push it, and it turned. And if you had the tall grass, anybody remember this? If you had tall grass, you kind of had to twist it. Use a little English. Anybody remember that? Raise your hand if you remember it. Okay, you're old. You're old. You're old. And so, Dad tells me to hurry up, so I just keep going my own way. I don't really pick up the pace. He sticks his head out the back door again. He goes, hey, come on, man. We're going to be late. Hustle. Hurry, hurry it up a little bit. I'm 14 years old. I'm like, okay, Dad. This time, instead of 10 rows, i got nine rows left because I'm just taking my time. I see my, my uh, two brothers start putting the golf clubs in the back of the car, and I'm about down to eight, got eight rows to go. All of a sudden, I hear the screen door slam. I look over, my dad's coming, and he's mad. He comes over there. He literally just bumps me out of the way. He didn't hurt me. He just pushed me out of the way. He grabs the lawnmower. He starts running, running back and forth. This goes on for like three minutes. He finishes it. I'm already out of breath just doing that. He goes over. He t- picks the lawnmower. He goes over to the garage door. He picks up the lawnmower, throws it in the garage. says, get in the car. We're going to play golf. Man, I wanted to kill him. I don't think I've ever been angry at my dad in my life. We had a great relationship to the day he died. But I'm telling you, that day I was furious at him. I didn't say a word in the car. My two brothers are like, yeah, you got what you deserve, buddy boy. They were totally on dad's side, which made me mad. I'm out of breath now. Did I have a heart attack? Great way to go. I was burning mad. But honestly, as I thought about that day, that day was a turning point in my life. Because there's a lot of ways you can slice life. There's a lot of ways you can slice the world, you can slice the way people function. But I tell you, there's one really clear way. There's two kinds of people in this world, in this regard. 
people that live with full enthusiasm and full commitment and those who just kind of casually cut the grass through life. Because if you've never run to finish the lawn, you've never lived. You haven't. Because you just kind of just, you're always saving it. You're always leaving something in reserve. Some of you have thought about jumping into Kensington and trying something. And then you get in a group and it isn't very good. And you go, well, I tried a group. It's no good. I quit. That's right. There are two kinds of people in this world. People that never quit. Last year's Super Bowl, a lot of us who love football will never forget that. Everyone knew Patriots had lost. You think this guy quit? Jesus says, whatever you do, work at it with all your might as to the Lord. This is the way to live life. And you know what? People that don't live with full enthusiasm, people that just stand on the sidelines, people that just watch, you never experience what God designed you fully to know and to be. And here's some part of this. God has put a burn in you, things that you're concerned about, things that you are know you'd be all in if you'd go for it. Beccarelli, you've done that as well as anybody I know. When I look out this room, I see people that have given their all. And when you do, life gets rich. It's incredibly powerful. I love it. Patrick Holden describes this story. He was telling the teachers, some of you were there, our, our uh, K-Kids workers this week, he was telling the story. He said there was a woman, years ago, there was a single woman, been recently divorced, out of a job, really in trouble, knew she needed help. She went to church. She went to this little church. She was scared to death. She had her little baby boy. Any, any moms here remember how, were you protected with your first baby? I was the fifth kid. They were like, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, Steve, Steve goes in the, the 14 months here. Actually, in my home, there aren't even pictures to prove that I existed in the home. Like the fifth kid, you don't even get a picture. And so this scared-to-death single mom shows up at this church, and, the, and there's a young woman running the nursery, and she can see the fear in this woman's eyes. And she looks at her, and she smiles, and she says, she says, you can trust us with your, with your baby boy. We'll take good care of him. She handed him over, went to church. Jesus Christ began to work in her life, changed, changed her life. That was 29 years ago. Do you know who the baby boy was? Patrick Holden, leader of our Traverse City campus. Broken family, basically penniless, comes in, and there was a woman in the nursery, and she's all in. She's all in. And the world changes. You see, that's what attitude does along the way. Okay, hey, ref, I'm done. 16 seconds. What do you got to say to that? <laughs> what, are you going to throw a penalty on attitude? You don't tell me when to come out, Steve. I come out and tell you when you're done. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> hey, did I take the offering yet? Did we no, take the offering no, yet? No, didn't yet. Okay, let's do the offering now on this commercial break. I forgot it last time, but uh, again, I want to say something. As I get ready to do the offering, ushers are getting ready to come down. Let me tell you something really cool. You guys know that, um, I haven't been here much uh, in the last year, and uh, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be here more. You're going to see me more hanging out and being, being a part with Chris and the team. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. 
As we receive the offering, I just want you to know this. You talk about all in. This building that we're building over here is, um, at the end of the day, is going to be about 15 or $16 million, the land and everything else that goes into it. I want you to know that 75% of the money, at least, maybe a little bit more, that's building that building is money given by Kensington people that don't go to Clinton Township. Amazing. And someday, again, you guys will have a chance to give sacrificially for somebody else. But think about that. People giving tons of money, thousands of families giving to see this happen. So I want to say to you, financially, be all in. Be all in because you've got thousands of people that are all in with you and for you. So why wouldn't you be all in to this adventure of seeing what we're going to do, to see the ministries that are happening all over the world? The thing I love about Kensington is people have always been all in. It's pretty cool. Okay. One last video. We're still on commercial break. Sorry. Uh, one more video for It's Just a Face. Check this out. Don't get up. No sex for a year. <laughs> Want to make it too? <laughs> Time starts now, Steve. Here we go. Fourth quarter, man. Let's see if I can make a comeback. The... Um, I will say that, that phase of parenting, that doesn't feel like a phase, does it? <laughs> Man alive. I remember our first kid, Lindy, just loved her so much. We had had five years of infertility. I remember it was one, it was like about the fourth night in a row, she had an ear infection. She was crying all night. It was about three in the morning. I thought, I'm going to throw her out the window. <laughs> I've been praying for her my whole life. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it doesn't feel like a phase. It's a really challenging time. And we're God, like, so how does God... Speak into that and help. Okay, so let's see if you're, you're with me. T for E for everyone. A for attitude. All in attitude. I love that. And M, mission. Missional. Great teams live on mission. By the way, I'm a true Detroiter. I wasn't born here, but I've lived here now the majority of my life. I, have, I always ask people this. People do not know what the motto of the, the true team motto was for the 1984 Detroit Tigers. Anybody remember what it was? No, it wasn't bless you boys. That's what all these people think that. That's what everybody said. That's what the crowd said. What did the team say? Because Jack Morris was the one who, who, who gave the team mission for 1984. You know what it was? It was blank Baltimore. I can't give you the first word. And I'm telling you the truth. Because Baltimore had won the 83 World Series. Cal Ripken, it looked like they were unbeatable. And uh, Jack Morris in the first team, team, team meeting, he goes, blank Baltimore. Like, our mission is to beat Baltimore. We crushed them head-to-head, and we finished 20 games ahead of them. Uh, Toronto was our, our big competition that year. But what I'm saying is, mission is what gives you passion and purpose. Mission 
gives you tension, but not dysfunctionality. When you have mission, you know your purpose. You live strategically each day with a focus on the prize. Our mission, as you know it here, if you're part of Inside Kensington, our mission, our public mission is for people to meet Jesus Christ, right? We'd love for you to know Jesus Christ loves you and wants you to be fully actualized in the way that he's made you. But as we work with people, our measurement is to see people transformed. In other words, their life changed, changes by meeting Jesus Christ, and then Jesus moves them into the world to do what they were made to do, to, be, to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. That's our mission statement. Our attitude is do whatever it takes to see that mission accomplished. And we humbly challenge everyone to join us for a mission that is worth everything we've got. That's what it looks like to be on mission together. I don't have it on the screen today, but in Matthew 28, Jesus, right before he says goodbye to his disciples, after he's risen from the dead, he's getting ready to ascend to heaven. He says, he says I've given you all power. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So go do it. And you know what? They were all tortured. They were all persecuted. All but John died an unnatural death. They were all executed except for John, and John was severely and horribly tortured on the Isle of Patmos. Lived to be an old man and lived to see all of his friends killed. What's your mission? You got a mission that's worth your life? I was thinking about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. this month as we're celebrating Black History Month across America. And uh, Dr. King has, a very, has been a very influential person in my life. It's funny, uh, when he was striking for the sanitation workers in April of 1968, the last speech he gave was two miles from my house. I was 11 years old. And I remember people that I knew who were Christians who said, oh, he's a communist. You can't trust a word he says. It wasn't until later in college I started reading his sermons. You ever read his sermons? Oh my gosh, some of the greatest sermons that have ever been written. Unbelievable. Honoring Christ, honoring justice, honoring the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, honoring is incredible. And I thought today as we talk about being on mission, wouldn't it be cool to actually give the last paragraph of his last speech that he ever gave. Because less than 24 hours after he gives the, the end of the speech, he's going to be assassinated. And as you listen to it, I want you to think about what you're on mission for. Like, what are you fighting for? What, are you just fighting for the control of the remote for the game today? I mean, literally, some people's lives are about that. Like, I got to get a good seat and I want to make sure, you know, I got my snacks. No, what are you living for? That's what's so fun about when we do Super Bowl weekend. We celebrate Super Bowl weekend because it's a kind of an American holiday. It's meaningless. Totally, utterly meaningless. Doesn't make any difference. But I'll tell you what makes a difference a nursery worker meeting a frightened single mom saying, you can trust your baby to us. That's worth 100 Super Bowl trophies. Because that's what matters. Because Jesus is always about the things that matter. So listen to Dr. King. He's speaking by the, I believe, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to sanitation workers, garbage workers of Memphis. And do you know what they were, does anybody know what they were fighting, striking for? 
I'm just curious. Anybody know? They were striking for pay. Do you mind know how much pay they were striking for? Ten cents an hour. And they were shut down for a long time for ten cents an hour. So here's Dr. King. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know that Tonight, that we as a people will get to the promised land. He's talking to garbage workers in Memphis. Believe me, I, that's where I grew up. Conditions, that whole situation. To say to those men that they were going to get to the promised land took an incredible amount of faith. He says, but I tell you, we as a people will get to the promised land. And then it's how he finishes. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. So what are you fighting for? Are you fighting for justice and dignity for people? Are you fighting for every person matter to God? I tell you what, I, one of the things I'd love for you to fight with me is very simple is we're going to open up this building over here in a few months and everybody in this region is going to know where we are. And people are going to come broken. People are going to come with their marriages falling apart. People are going to come after having DUIs. People are going to come not being able to pay their bills. People are going to come broken and concerned. People are going to come drug addicted. People are going to come where people in their family treat them bad. And are they going to see faces of people? We're going to love them because, hey, let's go out to brunch. I, I, sorry, that's what they say in Birmingham. Hey, let's go out to lunch after Plantation. <laughs> if you're new to Kensington, we, Kensington has this little funny Birmingham Clinton Township shtick about our two campuses there. Um, but will we be the hands and feet of Jesus? Will we be the smile in the face of Jesus? Because when you listen to Dr. King, that's one great example of what it looks like to be on mission. Now, I've in no way been would even compare myself. But I was thinking of the last 30 years, the last 27 years of Kensington and the three years leading up to it. Um, I was thinking, you know, my life's weird. I'm going to be 62 in May. And do you realize I've never had a weekend? I graduated from college and I worked as a youth director in the church and worked at Faith Church, started Kensington. That I'm 62 years old. I've never had a weekend. Isn't that weird? Never had a Friday, Saturday. And you say, wow, Steve, what an incredible sacrifice. You know what I was thinking about that? That's nothing. You know how many people have served with us in Kensington these last 27 years have never had a weekend? They've served every weekend. And they're, and they're working a real job. I have a pretend job. They're working a real job. And they're leading a small group in the evening. And they're organizing to celebrate recovery. And they're using their vacation time to go on mission trips. 
There are people that are on mission for Jesus Christ. They're working in the city and they're doing restoration. I was just talking to two people that are on the Gleaners food board working in Detroit. People have been on mission all these years. And, when it, and here's the beautiful part. When you're on mission, you get up in the morning and it gives you the courage to go ahead and put one foot in front of the other, even when you don't feel like it. It's mission that allows you to serve and to move and to love even when you're depressed. How do I know that? Because I've battled depression my whole life. It's mission that moves you. Great teams. Trust. Everyone in the game. All in attitude. On mission. That's what makes a great team. That's what makes a great, great family. What makes a great marriage? Just be honest with you. In the third to the eighth years of Kensington, almost lost my marriage. 1993 to the end of 97. Do you know the only thing that kept us together was a mission? <laughs> We'd have never made it. Not a chance in hell. Not a chance. We made it because we had a mission that was bigger than our own unhappiness with each other. We had a mission that was bigger than our unfulfilled desires and wants. We had a mission to see Jesus Christ honored in this world. And honestly, you can, you can slice these things. There are people that are living on a mission for something that's worth their life, or they're on a mission for their own self-gratification. And let me tell you where that ends. In misery and death and brokenness. But you live for Jesus Christ and for something bigger, let me tell you, you'll leave a mark in the world. That's what makes life worthwhile. <laughs> Thank you. Clinton Township always brings out the craziness in me. So here's how I want to finish. I want to finish by asking you to take out this volunteer opportunity card. And uh, for some of you, I'd love for you to do it on your app. How many of you have downloaded the Kensington app? Can I just see a show of hands? Okay, look around you. Huge number, probably majority. The rest of you, I'd love it if you would. All you got to do is open the app, type in Kensington Church, and you'll see the Kensington Church mobile app come up. If you're going to volunteer to sign up today, you'd simply tap on, tap on volunteer at Kensington. And, uh, and then there'll be a short questionnaire that's very similar to what you have on this sheet of paper. A lot of you... I'd love for you to do it right now on this sheet of paper. If you need a pen, raise your hand. The ushers will come down and give you one. Anybody need a pen? Let me just see a show of hands. Okay, there, ushers, if y'all look, uh, just kind of walk down and you can kind of whisper at them, bite them. Here's what I want you to know. When we move into the building, we're opening up and are going to have an incredible youth space. And we're going to have, it's going to be in a, a known place. We're going to have a ton of room. And our youth ministry is going to grow. We need volunteers and student ministries. K-Kids, in the next, in just a few months, it's hap it happens today, but it happens all the time, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds of children come for the first time. We need people serving in K-Kids. We need women like the, we need men and women like that young woman that, that put Patrick Holden's mother at peace so, so she could leave him in the nursery. And the older kids, which are fun. By the way, And you can do this for life. Do you know that I led my son's small group from the time he was three years old until he was in 10th grade? You know what he did in 10th grade? 
Anybody want to guess? He fired me. <laughs> Jay Richardson, a guy from Clarkson, took over the group. He's like, Dad, I think we need somebody other than you now. <laughs> what am I, chopped liver? So anyway, some of you might join a group and lead it for the next 10 years. Guest services. You look at all these things. Tons of people. Hundreds of positions that we need in there. Care leaders with marriage, pastoral care team, and visitation team. This is really helping people and meeting people at their point of need. It's really, really cool ministry. You can get trained for that. You get involved in those teams, they'll train you. Campus portability, set up and tear down for a few more months. But even once we get in the building, still going to be tons of movement. One of Kensington's values, when you get to the building, you're going to look at kids' space and others, you're going to realize we, we don't spend millions of dollars on decorations. You know why? We spend millions of dollars on getting people into buildings, and, and every, every room has multiple uses. We're going to have a kid's room that's going to be used 15 times during the week for other stuff. We call it ready mode. We always want to be on ready mode. We're not interested in being fancy. We want to be in ready mode. And so we're always moving chairs and moving stuff, and we're going to be moving stuff still. Arts and production, uh, I want you to know we're always looking for great band, vocals, lighting, Support people, people backstage, computer, stage managers, all kinds of stuff. You don't have to be able to sing as great as I am to be on the arts and production team. Not, not really not funny. You know what that was? That was like a courtesy laugh, what you just did. Thank you very much. Uh, group leaders for small groups and then undecided. Maybe some of you are going, I don't really know what I do, but hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do. In the early years, what made Kensington great in the early years is, I'll do what you need me to do. There were so many people... And you know, one of the first guys who just said, I'll do what you need me to do was Dave Stogard, one of my best friends, actually did a lot of work on my house in the early years, uh, just took care of me when things would break down and whatever. And he was one of the greatest servants we've ever had in our church. And he died of a heart attack this week, my age, just completely out of the blue, getting ready to go on a mission trip, incredible man. And uh, every time that happens to me, you know what I think? I think, Okay. Got to be at least five people step up just for Dave Stogard. Because he was a five, he was like a five-man work, work crew himself. If we're going to be great, if we're going to be a team, it means everybody's all in. And I really want to challenge you today, if it's not Kensington, I would love for you to start having a conversation with your spouse and with your children to say, what is our true mission that's going to live beyond us? Because doggone it, if it isn't worth your life, then why are you giving your life to it? Tom Brady, who's going to, regardless of what happens today, will probably go down in history as one of the great football players of all time. He's repeatedly said that every time he wins a Super Bowl, he goes, is this all there is? He's like, there's got to be more to life than this. Now you think, and he's got a lot, doesn't he? Have you followed him? He's living every man's dream. And he's going, there's got to be more. You know what? He's never going to know it. Until he meets Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure he wants to hear that from me. He's a great guy. And I hope he wins today. Let's pray together. Father, use this card. Actually, you handed me that back that card. I threw it and then I want it back now. Double-minded. Lord, there are going to be a lot of cards going to get turned in today. And there's going to be cards online. And there's maybe several hundred people in this room right now that are thinking, man, I need to step up. I want to be a part of this great adventure that God's taken Kensington on here. In fact, as we're thinking about it, even as you're praying, think about this. You've seen the building? How many of you have seen the building? Raise your hand. Have you seen the building going up? Okay, think about this. 
people are going to be meeting Jesus Christ there 100 years from now. They are. And no one's even going to remember our names. And people are still going to be coming to Jesus Christ there. And it's going to start with us responding and saying yes to Jesus now to be a part of this team. So Lord, move in these volunteer opportunities. This is not all that we need to do, but it's certainly something to be a part of building this team and all the things that you've called this team to be a part of. And so Lord, move. Uh, give the, the leaders that are out the tables right now in all these areas ability to hear concerns and answer questions that you do something great in each one of them today. So Lord, thank you of all the unbelievable things that you do in our lives. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how many of you want to be on mission with where we're going? You? Some of you want it? Let's do it. And for others of you, if you're on the bubble today, you're just not going to fill this out. You're just going to go get in your car and go home. I want you to know something. God loves you, and it doesn't stop the fact he's got a great plan for your life. But don't wait. Don't waste the time. Today is the day, always, to make it count today, to live with full enthusiasm and full energy, to work with all your might as unto the Lord. Okay? Awesome. Go turn these cards in. They're waiting for you in the lobby. Great being with you guys. Thank you.